At age seven, he had most of the Hebrew scriptures memorized. By nine, he could speak fluent Aramaic. Thirteen, he knew Greek. And when he was 17, he was ordained an Orthodox rabbi, then went on to become dean of the largest rabbinical school in Brooklyn, ordaining 300 rabbis in his career. His doctorate was on New Testament studies, and he did it for one reason, to know his enemies, the Christians. Well, one day, Delta Airlines lost its luggage, and that night in his hotel room, he didn't have his normal reading material. So he pulled that red Gideon Place Bible out of the nightstand and began to read it. He turned to the book of John, and even though he had read the New Testament in Greek, he said, when I got to where Jesus was teaching Nicodemus about being born again, he said, my eyes were tearing up, my body was trembling, and for the first time in my life, the Holy Spirit entered me. He spent the rest of that night seeing how the New Testament fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. He later went on to become a pastor and established over 200 rescue missions from California to Tel Aviv. Dr. Herb died not long ago, but what a legacy. And that's why Gideon's placed Bibles in the hotel room. Like the pastor mentioned, we've been, um, we had our state convention just these last few days. It's where we come together as Gideons from all over the state, and we do some training, we do some encouragement, um, and uh, the highlight, though, is the pastor's appreciation banquet on Friday evening, where we honor our pastors in our area. And then today, it um, concludes with several of us speaking in some of the churches like this one. So how did it all get started? Well, it started with two men in 1908 who wanted to band commercial travelers together for evangelism. What began as businessmen placing Bibles in hotel rooms has evolved into um, providing scriptures to people all over the world in every facet of life. Uh, we have taken more than two and a half billion scriptures in more than 95 language, languages to 200 countries around the world. We exist as an advocate for the lost to bring the saving knowledge of Jesus to a hurting world. You've seen the Bible in the hotel rooms, but that's just part of it. We're at the hospitals, the nursing homes, the middle and um, high schools, the colleges, the universities, police and fire stations. We're at the military induction centers, and also we do personal witnessing. Billy Graham made a statement a while back that kind of stuck with me. He said, the Gideons are masterly positioned for the end times. You see, we have a unique focus, one spirit, one vision, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Gideons are members of local churches, and as business and professional men in our communities, we simply want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to know him as Lord and Savior. So to do that, we visit your service and the services of others to share the blessings God has provided through the distribution of Scripture. We partner with the churches. We are an arm of your church. As you witness to your neighbors, we are witnessing to the schools, to the nursing homes, and then around the world. So where does your donation go? Well, out of every dollar, 40 cents go to community distributions, like the nursing homes, the middle and high schools. 40 cents go to international distributions. 160 of the 200 countries we're in are not self-sufficient. In fact, 51 of those countries, the average annual income is less than $1,000. 10 cents go to emergency funds, so earthquakes, hurricanes, 
gratuities. Six cents go to military distribution, and four cents go to shipping. That all adds up to a dollar. You know, most good charities, when they only have 10, a 10 to 20% administrative costs, they're doing pretty good. We can say that 100% of the funds donated go to printing and shipping of God's Word. The, the Gideons themselves pay for the administrative costs of the association. Fine, I'm going home. That's what a woman told her boyfriend in, in a Central African hotel. See, it all started because he had an important decision to make. He was going on a business trip, and does he take the wife, does he take the girlfriend? The wife or the girlfriend? Well, he chose a girlfriend. <laughs> At the hotel, she unpacked while he sat down on the bed. On the nightstand was a Gideon uh, Place Bible, and he began to read it. Now, I don't know what verses he began to read, but just in a matter of minutes, he was convicted of his sin. So when the girlfriend announced that everything was put away, he said, I, we can't do this anymore. It's just wrong. That's when she said, fine, I'm going home. He had to stay for meetings, but any chance he could, he would read that Bible. And then when he returned for home, he found a pastor of a nearby church and asked, can you tell me about this man I've been reading about Jesus? Today, that man and his family are Gideons. Share God's word and change lives. Those few words really sum up what the Gideons International is all about. Last uh, fall, we and the Gideons distributed our two and a half billion scriptures. The first billion took 96 year, 93 years, the second 14, and we're on track to do the third billion in just nine years. But the mission is far from over. With the population hovering about seven billion, we have a lot of work to do. Last year, we distributed 55 million copies of God's Word. That's 151,000 every day of the week in 200 countries and in 99 languages. That's about two copies every second of every minute. There is a Gideon or auxiliary member handing out or placing a copy of God's Word, all free of charge, so the whole world has the opportunity to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, it really is amazing. Morris Hypes owns an auto parts store in Indiana. He loves to share his faith and often invites his customers to church with him. He had been inviting Leonard, who lived in a abandoned or lived in a camper behind an abandoned filling station for for a long time. But Leonard kept saying, nah, "I just don't like to be around a lot of people." Eventually, Morris stopped asking. One day, Leonard came into the store and said, "Mr. Hypes, I've been reading my Bible and I need to be baptized." Morris didn't waste any time, and he, he explained uh, God's plan of salvation to him. The next Sunday, Leonard sat with Morris in church, and when the pastor gave an altar call, Leonard hit, didn't hesitate. When he got up and left his seat, Morris noticed a worn New Testament uh, where he had been sitting with a Gideon logo on it. When he picked it up, he realized it was a military testament, and inside the front cover it was dated May 1954. Well, Leonard was baptized and didn't miss a single Sunday service, so he went home to be with the Lord a year later. At the funeral home, Morris and the pastor was telling the family about Leonard's salvation experience, and after they learned how it changed his life, eventually two of his kids and three of his grandkids came to know the Lord. Six souls saved because God decided to use a New Testament given to a sailor by Gideon over 50 years earlier. 
More than a year has passed since the war started in Ukraine. Victor was a Gideon of Kiev. He served in Ukraine's army, but he also served in God's army, taking God's word to the front line. He had a heart for Christ, and he was fully committed to carrying out God's call in his life, to win the lost for Christ. Not long ago, his mission on this side of heaven ended. At 51, he was killed in action. At his funeral, testimony after testimony, sharing about how he led his fellow soldiers in a prayer of repentance. Now, the Gideons are split up into territories, and we call them camps. It's just a, a boundary that uh, we're in. And then those Gideons, an auxiliary member, so the auxiliary members are the wives of the Gideons, um, were responsible for the distributions in those areas, the middle schools, the high schools, that kind of thing. Well, throughout the year, in fact, uh, in the um, U.S., there are around 3,000 camps. Worldwide, uh, there are, outside the U.S., there are about 9,000 camps. Throughout the year, the Gideons hold scripture blitzes around the globe, and this is a short, concentrated effort to distribute God's word. Um, so we're in a lot of the major cities. This year, around our nation, we'll be in Washington, D.C., Detroit, St. Louis, and some other large cities. Uh, internationally, we'll be in Mexico City, Nicaragua, and Kenya. College distributions started in 1972. They can be colorful sometimes. Um, now, I'm in the Denver West Camp, so the, the area that I'm in, we have the School of Mines in Golden. And every September, we're on that campus. Where about a thousand to eleven hundred New Testaments are handed out, the administration there in the school is very accommodating. They're always welcoming to us. Earlier this month, we were on the CU campus in Boulder, where about five thousand New Testaments were handed out. And I'd ask you to pray for those students that uh, receive God's word that um, that the Spirit will work in their life. A college student in South America was given a New Testament by a Gideon. He took it home, threw it in his desk drawer, forgot about it. One day, he ran out of money to buy the thin paper to roll his marijuana cigarettes. He rummaged around in the desk and found that little testament and discovered it had real thin pages. And uh, so he ripped out the page, read the front and back, smoked it. He continued to do this, page after page, until he smoked his way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, until he got to John 3.16, where it tore, tore into his heart and he received Christ as Lord and Savior. He's now a campus minister and has led over 2,000 people to the Lord. We're also on the Raria campus in Denver every fall. And um, it's interesting how many Muslims are on the college campuses. We usually don't have a lot of time to, um, to share with these students. But I had two young men come up to me uh, one of the years, and uh, they were Muslim, and they had a question for me. They said, show me where Jesus is, Jesus tells he is God. And you know, I took them to um, Jesus' trial with Pilate, and I talked about Paul, and, and they said, no, I want to know where Jesus says it. And I was a little stumped. And uh, these, these two young men were very courteous and but uh, they had to get to class, and they said, well, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to um, be better prepared for, um, for any time you're approached by Muslims. And, and I took that 
that's a challenge to them. I said, please, read this, and you'll find where Jesus said it. You know, as I'm doing my Bible study anymore, it's jumping off the pages how, how Jesus uh, tells usually the religious leaders um, that he is a deity. Uh, and then a couple years before that, at on the Rary campus, we were handing out scriptures, and a, a young man ran across the grass, tackled one of the Gideons to the ground, had a few choice words for him, and then stormed off. About an hour later, that student came back, uh, apologized, and that Gideon had a chance to witness to him. Early in the 20th century, it was required by law that teachers in the public schools read a portion of the Bible without comment at the beginning of each school day. Boy, times have changed, haven't they? This meant that the Bible needed to be placed on the desk of every public school teacher. In 1937, Gideon started supplying those Bibles. In 1946, we started distributing to the high school students. Our number one priority is always to get the Bibles in the hands of the students. But I, I think almost every time we're an encouragement to the believers, the teachers and the students that are believers on the campus. In fact, um, I graduated from high school a couple of years ago. Um, well, 1978. And it was at Jefferson High School, and I have had the opportunity to go back there many times. One of the times I was there, a young lady came up to me, and we get people coming up to me, who are you, and who are you with? And, and so we were talking, and, and she told me, this is her mission field. God placed her here. But I think seeing us out there, she was encouraged, knowing that she wasn't alone. I think she went back with a spring in her step that day. My dad was a Gideon for 65 years. He passed away just a few months ago, but he had a ton of stories um, from distribution. But the one I think he cherished the most was at uh, Weaverage High School not that long ago, where a young lady came up to him, and she said, Last year you gave me a New Testament. That was the day I was going to go home and commit suicide. Because of your generosity, I'm here today. In Uganda, Lydia Trusty comes from a Muslim family of 16, and she used to read her New Testament under her covers with a flashlight because she didn't want her Muslim parents finding out. She got saved, and now she's actually a member of the Gideons. Mohan Bastagani, a Hindu from in Indonesia, over 6,000 years old and reincarnated 18,000 times. His best customer told him he needed to know Jesus. He went back to his hotel room in the largest Muslim country on earth, and there was a Bible on the nightstand, and this 6,000-year-old Hindu began to read it and came to know Jesus. He found out he only needed to be born again once. Not long ago, we were in China doing distributions when one of the teachers, Debbie Lee, heard we were coming to her school. She brought in the New Testament that she received when she was 10 years old and came to know Jesus. She was a Buddhist. Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, the Bible is the only book in the world that when you read it, the author shows up. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, that's little the God, um, who do not believe, but lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. They're lost and they're blind. You know what it's like to be lost. You know what it's like to know Jesus. That's why we come and ask you, 
the world thinks this is a room full of fools. You understand the power of the Word of God. Jenny joined the Army to serve her country. One day while she was stationed in Oklahoma, Gideons came to distribute New Testaments. She and her friends took one, most took often in their lockers, but Jenny started reading hers every day. A couple of weeks later, she noticed that her friends started reading theirs. Eventually, they started sitting around in the evenings reading and studying God's Word. Over the next few weeks, they all accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Shortly thereafter, Jenny was in a terrible accident and suffered multiple broken bones in both legs. Her doctors didn't think she'd ever walk again. But not only did she walk, she was able to run uh, or jog and was able to stay in the army. Soon her unit was called to Iraq. However, the base doctor said she wasn't fit for combat because of her accident and she had to stay behind. Her unit had only been there a short time when a roadside bomb went off, killing all six of her closest friends. She's comforted knowing that one day she'll see those friends again. Do you know what the largest women's ministry is? That would be the auxiliary, the wives of the Gideons. They're our prayer warriors. They pray for the distribution. They pray for the Gideons traveling around the world, and they pray for the pastors of the local churches like this one. They also have their own distributions. You'll see them at the doctors and dentist offices, the women's shelters, prisons, and nursing homes. In the nursing homes, while the Gideons are handing out to the residents, the auxiliary are handing out to the staff. You never, most uh, nursing homes were allowed to go room to room, uh, and you never know how long a distribution at a nursing home will take because those residents are so starved for conversation. Not in the hospitals anymore, though, because of the Patient Privacy Act. We have to work through the chaplains at the hospitals, and then the patients request those New Testaments. Now, the good thing about this is we used to have a uh, hospital testament in every uh, bedside table, and uh, it would stay there from patient to patient. Well, because of infection uh, prevention precautions, paper products can't stay in the room from patient to patient. So then the, um, the patient is encouraged to take it home. And there goes, there's the Bible in a home now. In 1941, the auxiliary started distributing to the military nursing profession, and then it grew into all the nursing professions. So you'll see the auxiliary at the nursing conventions, at the graduations. We have stories of nurses sharing their faith to patients using their New Testament. In April of 1941, we started with military distributions. Some of the first New Testaments were given to the Navy personnel at Pearl Harbor. Uh, shortly before and right after December 7th. Also amazingly, 5,000 testaments to Saturday, uh, reached the military base on the Bataan Peninsula in, um, in the Philippines the Saturday before the uh, war began. Hundreds of American soldiers, many who died in prison camps, received Christ when reading these testaments. Today we're at the military induction centers around the nation. We're there every morning as the new recruits don't bother us, don't call, don't write us anymore. That's what Bobby Horn's mother told him after he violated his probation and went back to jail. His mother said that if this was the kind of life he was going to live, he could do it without her and his family. At a very young age, Bobby began using drugs and alcohol. He later stole a car, ran from the 
the police were caught and sent to jail. Gideon visited Bobby in his jail cell and gave him a copy of God's word, but Bobby didn't take him seriously. After being released from jail, Bobby went right back into drugs and alcohol. He only had six months left on his probation when he violated it and went back to jail. That's when his mother visited. Her words broke Bobby's heart. He went back to his cell and decided he was going to read his copy of God's word. In just a few days, Bobby realized he didn't know who Jesus was. He prayed and asked the Lord to help him, and God began to work in his life. Bobby wrote letters to the people that he had hurt in the past, asking for forgiveness. That same, that same Gideon, who had uh, met him earlier, came back and helped him. Bobby was released from prison, found his wife had waited for him, and now he's a Gideon helping men in prison. So does one New Testament make a difference? 35 years ago, in Rio de Janeiro, Tom Panaro was on drugs living out of a box. He received one of those testaments and asked Christ into his life. Later, he became Dr. Tom Panaro, founder of Youth with a Mission. How does one testament of God's word result in the salvation of over 100,000 people? Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. In some countries, the Gideon New Testament may be the only book children in school have to study. And that was the case in Ghana. They were doing one of those scripture blitzes, and a group of Gideons distributed more than 300,000 scriptures, many to school children in just two weeks. After one of the distributions, uh, a teacher told the Gideons, this will be their textbook. This is the first book they can call your, call their own. When are you coming back? Well, there are more than 500 schools yet to be visited in Ghana. You might be wondering how you can help. Our number one need is for prayer. Please pray for the open doors to the countries and communities that you need it the most. And if God's placed it on your heart, I'd ask you to consider a financial gift. The New Testament we distribute in 200 countries and almost 100 languages costs an average of $1.51. The hotel Bibles are just $5 each still, and over the course of six years in a hotel room, it has the potential of reaching over uh, 2,000 people. You might be wondering, why did I say six years? Well, every six years, we go back into the hotels, and we look at all the Bibles, um, check them over, and if they're worn or or torn or anything, we, we remove them. But we don't throw them away. We strip the hard covers off of them, put soft covers on, and then take them to the prisons. You probably don't uh, know this, but the Gideons are most likely the only association that encourages theft. When we go into the hotels, one of, the, one of us gives the hotel manager our phone number so we can replace the missing Bibles. One Saturday morning, a Fort Collins Gideon got a call from the Thunderbird Motel. I need you to come down to the motel. Now? Is there a problem? I just need you to come down here. Okay, I'll be there shortly. When he arrived, the manager took him into one of the rooms. On the nightstand where the Bible would normally be was a 357 revolver. We don't know what happened the night before, but I, I think my heart was changed. I'd like to tell you a little bit about the life book. It's only been out since 2010, but over 3 million have been handed out
about so far, but not by us, by the youth of the churches. It's best described as a short-term mission trip in which students get the opportunity to offer the gift of a life book to their friends and classmates. The book is split up into sections. Uh, sections. The first one touches on creation, then Jesus comes on the scene, and then how it all impacts their lives. There are handwritten notes and questions in the margin to draw readers in to the only story that can change their lives forever. The books, they're supplied free of charge to the churches. And since 2010, over 1 million students have been mobilized by their pastors and youth leaders to give the gift of the gospel. And then there's the Gideon card uh, program. And I saw you have a uh, card display in your, um, in your entryway. And it's a great way to donate scriptures uh, in memory of someone, in recognition of an important event in somebody's life, or like this one, praying for you. So I, I'd encourage you to um, check it out. And you're usually not in church when you need a, a card, so I'd encourage you to grab one or two, put it in your Bible, put it in your purse, and that way you have it when you need it. I'll finish with this story. C.T. Studd was a successful businessman a world-class cricketer for England in the 19th century. He gave it all up to serve Christ. He ended up founding WEC, the World Evangelism Crusade. A woman that he had witnessed who finally asked him, why are you always telling me about Jesus? CT said, salvation is like smallpox. You can't have it without giving it to somebody else. Several months later, CT got a telegram from this lady. I've come to the Lord Jesus, and I have a bad case of smallpox. May God give us all a bad case of smallpox. In the 30 minutes I've been up here, 3,600 testaments have been handed out or placed somewhere around the world because of the generosity of somebody like me. Pastor, thank you for letting me share a little bit today about the Gideon Ministry congregation. I uh, thank you for your attention. It's a privilege to worship with you today.
God used other means to bring it to himself, other people to bring it to himself, his word to you. Whoever brought you to Christ, whoever led you and gave you the word of God and shared it with you, that just means that they have. Amen. Be so thankful. What you've received, Timothy, continue in it and firmly believe it and be thankful for what God has done for you. And how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings who should be communicated with you. You know, I had that from my mom and my dad. They gave me the word of God early on in my life. Think about all those teachers I had in Sunday school, in youth group, people who helped us to know the word of God. The church I grew up in was a pretty concise church. And when we were like in our first grade, second grade, third grade, they would have Sometimes you got in the class with your friends, or sometimes you didn't get in the class with your friends. You made new friends. But those faithful, faithful people who taught us the Word of God. I can only think of one teacher who gave up on us. And I didn't blame him. Because we weren't very kind. I know I wasn't part of that, of course. But I do Sacred writings, verse 15. They will make you wise for salvation. 